just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Deshaun Watson is so freaking awesome. Our homie, our homie, Patrick Mahomie. Oh, baby, damn, I'm good. I'm like a hip-hop entertainer with those rhymes I have right there. But I know it is Kristen's top 40 quarterback time, and that means we're going to be talking lots of quarterbacks. Paul Burmeister, an ex-quarterback. Chris Sims, an ex-quarterback. Not good enough, either one of us, to make the top 40 <laughs> list, that's for sure. We're barely good enough to figure out the, the technology to how to make this damn podcast work. We finally got barely. it. Barely. Full disclosure, we've been sitting here for 20 minutes with some glitches, and we're like two old idiots who have no idea what's going on. What's up, dude? How you doing? Well, first of all, I think it's been more like 35 minutes instead of 20. Uh, but more importantly, who gets the credit for that DJ enhancement at the top of the show? Is that you with too much time on your hands? No, it absolutely is not. I mean, listen, we were just talking, you know, like, technology and I'm not capable of doing any of that all right so no that's got to be that's that's even that's not even Pete Dimalitalitalitis he can't even figure that out that's got to be Kristen Coleman Nicole Granito they're the ones with the brains and creativity I'm sure they figured out how to do that I like that little voice I had for oh it's nice it's pretty good but uh, we got a good one we got a good one today Paul's got his quarterback Jeopardy I've been crushing that. I hope he's got a little tougher question, so yeah. we'll see where that goes. <laughs> I went back to the drawing board. He kind of I veered off down a little different path away from the Sims family. So maybe you would get maybe a couple wrong. We'll okay. All right. We'll see how it goes. And then we're going to hit, you know, the bottom five quarterbacks of the Chris yeah. Sims top 40. Uh, it's, it's always fun to kind of revisit this and do it. And, of course, uh, Paul, in, like, full transparency this year – um, I talked it out more. I did a few rough drafts. I really talked it out because last year I got into this. And as I started talking more, I started to go, ooh, I should have maybe put this guy here and that guy there. But I made sure to talk about it with my dad, my brother, a few other people I trust where I just wanted to hear their two cents so then it can stir some of my own thoughts of what I really think. So uh, feel real good about it, and I, I really thought 25 through 40 was the toughest part of it for me this year, which is rare. Usually, like, 10 through 20 is tough. Uh, this year, I felt like the back end was tough, which means there's a lot of good quarterbacks and a lot of guys that are up-and-comers to watch out for. Those conversations with your dad and your brother, did it stir up more friendly banter or family arguments? 
No, it was it was great. It was more friendly banter. You know, really, it was like I hosted a TV show. We were sitting in Dad's kitchen, and I started peppering out thoughts. You know, taking little groups of my top forty and just going, "Okay, out of these four guys, who's better and why?" And I just started peppering them with questions to hear what they said. Sometimes I said, "Huh, you're right. That's a good point." Other times I said, "Huh, I'm right. I'm smarter than you. <laughs> Shut up. I'm gonna put it where I want it." So. It really was fun, and uh, it's not easy, as you know. I have about really about six rough drafts, four legitimate ones where I wrote them down and had notes and things like that. But, uh, you know, when you go through the free agents, the guys in the draft, there, there's a lot to it. And, of course, some of these guys that we got that just got drafted haven't played in the NFL, but that doesn't mean they're not one of the top 40 quarterbacks right away. And, and I think we're going to see some of that today. Before we roll out number 40 and we'll make our way all the way down to 36, one more question about the process. Compare your angst level with doing this and your deliberation to get where you are now. Compare it to the mock draft of the first round we did last month. Which oh, process is harder for you? The mock draft by far. You know, the, the, the quarterback rankings is something that I'm asked about so many times during the end of a season, you know, or when the season's over. I, you know, I go on different radio shows and things like that where people always ask me about, oh, where would you put this guy? Where would you put that guy? So I always have a little bit of a running list that goes on throughout my year. Like during the season, I had a little list of where I placed guys. When the season was over, I had a few thoughts that I wrote down, you know, and then I go from there, of course, and as we get closer and closer to it, it gets more and serious. But so people understand where I'm coming for, coming from with this. It's about 2020 where you're not an all-time rank, not like how good you've been the last four or five years. It's about what you are in 2020. And really, Paul, I approach it like I'm, I'm a head coach of a football team. My butt's on the hot seat. And here's my pecking order of the top 40 quarterbacks in football in case the fir first one goes down. Okay, here's the next guy I'm going to that I trust and think he's the most talented and whatever else and plays the position the best. So that's how I kind of looked at it. This is not a career or what we think they're going to be in the future three years from now. It is all about right now, this moment, 2020. It's a great job with the context because just like with the draft, people have different criteria and they want to know, well, are you a GM saying this is what I would do? Or are you an analyst saying this is what I think will happen? So great job of setting that up. You are the head coach. You're on the hot seat. And this is how you rank the quarterbacks in the league right now in terms of who you would trust to run your team or to be the quarterback on your team. So with right. that, let's get it started. Number 40, who you got? Number 40, you know, the rookie, the number five pick in the draft, Tua Tagovailoa. That is going to be number 40. He's, he, you know, again, this is not a guy that I need to set, see him play in the NFL. Now, listen, you know I wasn't like a huge fan of him of being picked at number five, right? You know, when you pick a guy at number five, to me you're saying – at some point in the next few years, you think he's going to be one of the 10 best quarterbacks in football. I'm not so sure about that. That's why I pushed back against that. But he's certainly, right away, I know he's one of the 40 best quarterbacks in the NFL. Listen, he's got a quick release. He's played a lot of big-time football. He's got a good arm. I'm not going to sit here and say it's a great arm like you and I discussed during the draft process. He's got very good feet in the pocket. Do I think he's a little overrated, as you know, in the – the national eye, yes. I think he's gotten a little too much credit for the machine of Alabama, and people are just giving the quarterback the credit. So, yes, but within that, you know, hey, 
you know, well-schooled, really coached hard by a good coach. So I know he's going to be able to handle offenses and understand how to read defenses and things like that. You know, let alone he's played a lot of snaps in college too. So I have my concerns about injury and all that. I get all that. But this is not the draft. This is the top 40 quarterbacks in football in the NFL right now. And Tua is number 40 for me. I'm going to call you a little bit on him. This is just a, the, a curious fan. I'm sure some people at home probably thinking the same thing. How can you have a player on this list, especially a quarterback, who hasn't played it down in the NFL? And I know you like playing the backup quarterback. So if you just take the top 32 starters and your top quarter of the backups in the league, he's not on this list. So defend a rookie who hasn't played a snap being on the list right now. Well, you know, again, it's a little projection that way, but there's a reason he was drafted in the top 10, or at least I valued him as a top 20 pick in the draft. It's because he's got talent. And, yeah, maybe there's a little lack of experience of the guys that I had compared to 41 or 42 or 43. But that lack of experience is not enough for me to say uh, it overcomes the fact that I think two is more talented than a lot of those guys that are behind him, too, let alone, you know, his experience, yes, not in the NFL, but the SEC is as close as it gets to the NFL. So he's been thrown to big-time receivers. He's seen a lot of big-time first-round draft picks on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, again, some of this is going to have to be projection. People thought I was an idiot last year when I had Kyler Murray in the top 32. You know, people the year before that thought I was really stupid when I had Patrick Mahomes in the top 32. And I'll sit here and go, no, I was stupid that I didn't put Patrick Mahomes in the top 10 that year. I just chickened out, really. But so, you know, again, part of the reason I'm doing this is I am pretty good at it. I've been around quarterbacks my whole life. I've seen a lot of these great ones and the ones playing in person right now. And, of course, you know I study them coming out in the draft. And I feel very comfortable to say that I think Tua is more talented and better than, yes, a lot of backup quarterbacks in football right now from day one. I'm just the fourth person in your dad's kitchen right now bringing up another point for you to think about as you're – as you're getting comfortable with your list. Now, here's another one for you. I mean, this doesn't happen very often anymore. These quarterbacks don't sit very long. But considering the injury situation, they have Ryan Fitzpatrick. They drafted three linemen in the first four rounds. They're eventually going to get worked in there. They've got Chan Gailey, veteran offensive coordinator. Would would this be the rare case where it would be better off for a high-picket quarterback to sit and watch for most of the season? It's, it's certainly a good question, and it's definitely up for debate. There's no doubt about that. I am not of that school. I am of the school of let's get playing, let's do it right now, let's get reps under your belt, so in year two we can hit the ground running and there's no question about, oh, we haven't played or I haven't done this or any of that. You know, and I know that, and I haven't read it in full yet, but I know Stephen Ross, or at least on Pro Football Talk, made a comment recently about Tua could very easily start week one. I ultimately think if Tua doesn't like shit the bed in the preseason and he just looks pretty damn good, you know, whether he's a starter week one or not, okay, maybe that's debatable. But I think he'll be a starter a lot like Daniel Jones at some point in that first month of the season next year. And if he is healthy, you've invested a number five pick, he's telling you he feels good, your doctors confirm that then I say go and play because I don't think there's any better thing or experience than just getting out there and, as you know, getting a feel for the live bullets of which is the NFL. So if he is the starting quarterback for the Dolphins at some point there in September, what's the number one thing you're going to be looking for to see if this guy is ready to play in the NFL? 
Yeah, I have no doubts that he'll be able to process information. I have no doubts that he'll be able to move around the pocket and make some plays. And, you know, he can deliver the ball from different platforms and it can look really good. But you know what the number one thing I'm going to be looking for is? When the pocket collapses, can Tua make throws with people around him? That's a real concern to me. You know, when the pocket collapses and it is people all around him, can he keep his body away from harm? That is another huge concern for me, as you know, coming out in the draft. There's just so many plays when you study them where you just go, ooh, he might be hurt. You know, I said that a lot during the draft process. So I think that's the big thing I'm going to be looking at for more than anything, just from the pure playing standpoint, is plays and throws when the pocket's not perfect and the windows of the wide receivers aren't wide open. That, to me, was the one thing that jumped out about my evaluation of Tua coming out in the draft. There was not a lot of what I would call big-time NFL throws when I mean that with pressure, people around you. Okay, there's a guy open by a sliver, and this is the NFL life, and now you've got to throw a rifle in there and hit the guy between the two numbers, as you know. There wasn't a ton of that on film from him. Guys were wide open. The pocket was really clean. When the things weren't really clean, there wasn't a lot of big-time completions off of that. Now, we didn't care about it because the next play, somebody was wide open, and it went for a 40-yard gain so we could brush it under the rug. But he's going to be on a team that's not as good as the rest of the teams in football right now. So when he does miss some of those throws and people around him, it's going to accentuate itself this year compared to Alabama where we know they're a machine. And, I mean, they could run in between the tackles on third and ten and get a first down maybe. I mean, that's how good they were. So uh, that's what I'll be looking for. Sorry for the long answer. No, that's okay. It, uh, one more question on him. Do you think that a quarterback who doesn't come into the league with that kind of comfort level, with the chaos in the pocket, and I'm okay, I'm going to thread it in there anyway, is that something you can pick up and learn once you're already there? I do think it is. I do think it is something you can learn. Like, I'll give a great example of, like, Deshaun Watson. When he came out in the draft, I kept going, man, where's his fastball? Like, I would see it once every 30 or 40 throws on film. Where's his fastball? But I think once he got a gauge of, wait, this is what open is in the NFL, and this is where I, this is how much you know velocity I got to put on it to get it in there, okay, I can do that. And I do think, Tua, he's a very good athlete. He's smart. He works hard. He's a charismatic person. He's a leader. Yes, I do think, though it will be tough, he'll be able to learn a style of play that fits him and will help the Miami Dolphins when he does become that starter there. You know how this works now. We've done the last two weeks. We're going to have quarterback jeopardy at the end. But I'm going to work in just some quick little questions to get you warmed up because I like it's going to be it. a little I more like difficult, it. okay? So Tua Tungavailoa, that's perfect alliteration. The, uh, the, the, the first name, the last name, exact same sound. So in the next 30 seconds, give me some quarterbacks in the league right now or quarterbacks in the past that are also that alliteration with the first name and the last name. Oh, that's a good one. Well, oddly enough, the reason we do this list, it started because of Blake Bortles. There okay. you go. So yes. there's one. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll stay with the bees. I'll stay with the bees and go Bubby Brister with you. Oh, just to pile good on. one. Good one with Bubby Brister. I know I'm missing, like, I'm missing somebody here that's obvious. And I, Tim Tebow. Double there you T's. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. There's, and... a, couple, there's a couple of uh, cuh sounds in the league. Cuh on the front and the back. I can think of at least two. Like one's a starter, like one's Kirk a nice back. Cousins, like there Kirk you go. Cousins. Yes. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Case who's your Keenum. other one? 
Oh, Case Keenum. I know. See, you don't think of them because of the the KC or the CK combination. It didn't come to my head right away, but once you led me there, yeah, I got it. I got you. Yeah, Wade Wilson. You know, we could go on and on and on and on. That's a great one, Wade Wilson. Damn, that's a that's a good one. I see uh, Matt Matt Casey, one of our producers, put Co- Cody Carlson, Colin Kaepernick. So damn, Cody those Carlson. are some good ones. Do you remember yes. that Monday night game when Warren Moon was hurt? I think it was in Pittsburgh. Cody Carlson got the start, and he kept losing I the do. ball at the back of his at the back, back of his launch. Right. Yeah, felt so yeah. bad for him. Yeah, Cody Carlson yeah. Baylor. Nice job, Matt Casey. Okay, we we can always come back to that. Cody Kessler. Cody Kessler's another. Cody, one. they're killing it. Right. And, and just so you know, hey, we started this list because you know, hey, this all started because I was on a radio show with Dan Patrick. And he said, what's yeah. wrong with the Jacksonville Jaguars? The yeah, year that say? they went to the AFC, he goes, why are they so inconsistent? And I went, yeah. well, I said, it's pretty damn obvious. I said, they have the 70th best, best quarterback in football, Blake Bortles, and that's where it started. But oddly enough, where I'm talking, why I'm bringing this up, because we just said the name is, uh, you know, Cody Kessler. So Bortles is number 70. When that season was over, they went and signed by number 71, which was Cody Kessler, which I just thought was hilarious. Just a little tidbit there to, to move on with. <laughs> you, know, you, you know who they could have signed that was, has been a really good veteran stop? Everywhere he goes and ends up, he puts up big numbers for at least a year. Jeff George. Oh, well, yes. Jeff George. I mean, come on. That's one of the greatest arms and throwers in the history of the NFL. Now I, he might. I only said it because the alliteration. I only only brought it up because it fit. You like the just here. the Jeff George. Je- yes, Jeff George, yes, though, yeah. when I was growing up, was one of those kids that when I remember going to a Giants game, yeah. you know, going, "Damn, who's this guy? He can throw the ball like a mile, like a yeah. foot off the ground." I mean, it was <laughs> right? unreal. Now he might throw seven interceptions doing that, but either way, it looked right. good coming out of his hands. My true freshman year, Illinois came to Iowa City, and I dressed and just watched. And I always watch the other team warm up. And they had Jeff George. And I watched him in warm-ups, and I'm like, I will never play a down in Big Ten football. If that's what it's supposed to look like, I'm going to transfer somewhere else because I cannot do that. On yeah, he had a laser. One of the greatest oh. arms in the history of the NFL. It really yeah. is. It, it, you know, it truly is. All right. Tua Tungavailoa with his alliteration and his fifth overall pick is a Dolphin, and he's number 40. At number 39, who's on your list? Dwayne Haskins, Washington Redskins. And, you know, listen, honestly, going into this exercise, I thought I would probably have Dwayne Haskins higher than this. And this doesn't mean he can't get higher, get higher than where he is. I mean, I recognize there's potential with Dwayne Haskins. He does have a really good arm. You know, we talked about his size. I do think size is a skill. But I think between what I went back and watched in preseason football last week, and then just some of his throws I watched during the regular season, it led me to believe that I just don't know what Dwayne Haskins is yet. And that's really why he's 39. I don't know where. You know, again, I see talent, but I also see immaturity and rawness and a guy that's really still learning to play the position. So would I be shocked if he ended up in the top 20 by the end of the season? No, I can't say that I would because I remember seeing things at Ohio State going, damn, that guy can throw it and make some throws. But last year, very inconsistent in the preseason. Had some really head-scratching throws, decisions, moments, all like that. When he did start finally for the Washington Redskins later in the year, and you watched football, it wasn't pretty at first. Right. It was really ugly at first, actually. Then we started to see a glimmer of hope, and we started to see some positive things. 
and he got hurt. So we never really got to see him build on that. But, you know, again, I think this is a player that's raw. And, you know, I think between some of the stuff I heard during the season, and you've heard Ron Rivera say that, that he's got to be a better professional and crossing the T's and dotting the I's and all those things more. Um, yeah, like I said, I see the potential. But I think realistically, if we're going by I'm a coach and my ass is on the hot seat, he's going to be at 39 right now because I just don't know what he is and I can't trust him at this point. Last year you had him at 38 before he played it down in the NFL. So if he drops yeah. one after those seven starts, uh, as long as you bring up Ron Rivera, I'm going to go right to what I think is the most important or the most interesting part of the Dwayne Haskins situation. Rivera traded for his former quarterback, Kyle Allen in Carolina, not just a throwaway seventh round pick, gave up a fifth round pick. And coaches believe that a fifth round pick at the very least can contribute on special teams. So what do you read into the fact that his head coach got his old quarterback for a fifth round pick? Well, I look at it as like, it's an insurance policy, right? You know, That's Ron it? Rivera, yeah, I think so for right now, I, an insurance policy slash like poker, that's like real close to Dwayne Haskins, but to be like, hey, you better be a pro. You better do the good things. You better play well. I got a guy here that I like that, you know, came with me from my old team. He won me some football games. You know, I think that's what it's all about. It's about pushing Dwayne Haskins more than anything. And then, you know, if they don't quite trust Dwayne Haskins and don't know if he's going to maybe mature into the quarterback they think right here in year two, because, hey, one of the concerns about him coming out of Ohio State is he was only a one-year starter, and he is a very young kid still. Uh, he was one of the younger guys in the draft altogether to where, okay, if, you know, they go through the first five or six weeks and, uh, man, it's kind of just rough and all over the place, I think Kyle Allen is there for Ron Rivera to go, okay, I'm not going to let season one just go down the toilet and we're going to end up 2-14. and 14. And now I got Kyle Allen, and hopefully we can be respectable and end up seven and nine or eight and eight. So I really think that's why Kyle Allen is there. All those factors, which screams the number 39 quarterback in football, because it sounds like they're not quite sure what the hell he is yet either. And I think that's kind of why I got him there. And, and you know, all the all things point that way. Looking at the other 10 players that'll be in that Redskins huddle, no matter who is the quarterback, if it is Dwayne Haskins, though, true or false, he'll have the worst supporting cast in the NFL next season. Ooh. It's, it's up there for some of the worst. You know, uh, that's a good question. I'm just sitting here looking at teams just as you talk to me. But, yeah, when you talk about, okay, running back, there's no difference maker there. They got really Terry McLaurin as their only true, whoa, we got to watch out for this guy type weapon. So, hold on, I'm just sitting here kind of quickly glossing through the teams. And, honestly, I think that's a correct statement. I do. You know, I look at all these other teams, you know, towards the bottom of football, whether it's the Chargers, the Dolphins, the Bengals, the Lions, the Giants. I think they have more talent around their quarterback uh, than a guy, you know, than, than Dwayne Haskins does. And, of course, were, now one of the things I liked about them was their offensive line, and they don't have Trump Williams yeah. anymore either. So, right. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe Kyle Allen's like, hey, big fella, go out there, and I'll, I'll just be here with go the play. clipboard. Yeah. Play good enough to where I don't have to get in and get killed. <laughs> right? Yeah. So Dwayne Haskins, uh, one of the many Ohio State quarterbacks drafted here recently. I took a close look at it, Chris. In your lifetime, almost four decades, a dozen other Ohio State Buckeye quarterbacks have been drafted. Give me three of them. Any three. From 81, from 2001, whatever you'd like. 
All right. So, uh, yeah, what's his name? Hoying. Hoy I was going to go with Hoy Bobby Hoying, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Troy nice Smith. little career. Troy Smith, Heisman. There you go. There's Troy's, two. There's two. And then, I mean, I don't want to say Dwayne Haskins, but uh, uh, he doesn't count. We're just talking about him. Yeah. I mean, Joe Burrow could go into that list. Could, certainly. Could if he not. It's iffy. Hold on, I'm missing somebody here. Craig Krenzel, I do think, was drafted. In yes, he was. He Very was, nice. right? right. Okay, yeah, good. I, yeah, there's three. Very good. I'm going to add on to Craig Krenzel and see if you see any connection here with the rest of the show. Tom Tupa, all right, and Joe Germain. Joe, so Joe Germain did get drafted. I wasn't sure if he got drafted or not. Uh, yeah. When I was in high school, he was the quarterback there, and he had a great college career. I just wasn't sure. And Tom Tupa – I played with in Tampa, and, you know, other than me, he had the second-best arm on the team. He could launch that thing. He was the first quarterback taken in, like, 1988 or seven, somewhere in Insane. there. Yeah, right? Right. But you're missing, though, Craig Krenzel, Joe Germain, Tom Tupa. What do we have there? White quarterbacks. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Alliteration, buddy. Ah. Uh <laughs> you're right holy crap i was not going there i was like i'm missing something Damn, i know it's so, a tough one it's so tough. alliteration's your theme of the day okay i think it's Is that done be your now. last reference or you got one more later on that's my last plan reference i'm hoping it comes up organically at some point okay. here the next you know half hour to 45 minutes but th that's the last one that i have on the schedule okay all right that's good that's good so okay. wait i'm two for two on quarterback jeopardy so far right just want to make sure Yes. Yes, you are. Two for two on the warm-ups. It, it, it's the JV game. You're just taking oh, laps. You're damn. in a layup line. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Building, building confidence. Getting I in like the right it. mindset. Okay. So 40, we had two at Tungle Vailoa. 39, Dwayne Haskins. What do we see at 38? Number 38, Chicago Bears. I don't know. Is he the starter? Is he backup? I don't know what the hell it will be right now, but it's Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. Mitchell That's a Trubisky. huge drop, pal. That's a giant drop. It's an 18-player drop from last year when he was 20. Well, listen, that was probably one of the more controversial ones on my draft on my my top 40 last year. It was. And hey, listen, you know me. I'm I'm honest. I self-scout myself. And mm -hmm. that part of the rankings is so close. And you know, it's like I told you here to start the podcast, like 25 through 40, 20 through 30. I mean, it, those guys are bunched in there so close. A little bit is going to make big jumps from year to year and things that happen that way. But, you know, Mitchell Trubisky, I think, has di digressed. I, I think that's the biggest thing that I look at. You know, again, Mitchell What do you think Trubisky, is holding him back, Chris? Because he, he's one of these quarterbacks where the numbers are misleading. I mean, there's been a lot of wins in the last yes. couple of years, a lot of competitive right. games. His completion percentage, touchdown-interception ratio, you look at those, you're like, ah, that's pretty good, but something's missing. Like, they're misleading me somehow. But what am I not seeing when I'm looking only at his numbers? Well, numbers-wise, statistically, he feasts on the poor, especially last year. I mean, if you really go through the games, you know, when they played crappy teams, his stats are pretty good. You play the Lions and things like that. Oh, the Vikings, when they played for nothing in Week 17, things went pretty good. But when he had to play some of the other quality football teams that were well-rounded – you know, no, it was not good because, one, he's not capable of making a whole lot happen if there's nothing there to be had, which you know I'm big into when I'm evaluating quarterbacks. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think they've done 
Mitchell Trubisky the greatest justice in the world with what they surrounded him as a rookie, changing to Matt Nagy in year two. Matt Nagy, I don't think, was the greatest support system system to him early on either. But I oh. think the bottom – well, I think, you know, Paul, I've talked about this a lot on Pro Football Talk, and this, it still bothers me. Because that you remember that Green Bay game against the Bears two years ago when Rodgers hurt his knee, right, and then came back out and threw the ball awesome yes. and they won yeah. the game? Well, in that game, that was Matt Nagy's first game as an NFL head coach. Trubisky's running on the field. And I'm, I still got a picture of the screenshot on my phone. I'm going to text you when it's over. But it basically goes through his statistics for the year, his size. And then on the bottom, there's a quote from Matt Nagy that says, I can't pull, put in my full offense with this quarterback. So, like, wow, what a great ringing endorsement for me yeah. to run on the field and the coach can shit on me as I'm doing that. Yeah. And basically have an excuse. If things don't go well, I'm the excuse. That, that's basically what that was. So I don't like that, and I'm not letting Matt Nagy off the hook for that. I thought that was a BS move. But yeah. I, think, I think all in all, too, you know, despite those things, which is more on the team to help Trubisky, Trubisky has kind of got him that, that line here, Paul, of he's an athlete who plays quarterback instead of a quarterback who's an athlete, right? You know, Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback who's an athlete, right? It's, he's a natural at the quarterback position, but, damn, he can run and move around and do all those things. Trubisky, what I think has hit me as the year went on, first off, below average NFL accuracy for a starting quarterback. You know, below average decision-making. And then within that great athleticism that we talk about, he doesn't use it nearly as much as he should. He's not great dancing around the pocket and doing things like that and using the athleticism to make big throws down the field. And, you know, is another guy that when I went back and watched him a few weeks ago, some of the notes I wrote down more than anything was, you know, he needs to run more. There's too many times he's sitting in the pocket looking for people and I'm going, nothing's there. Run, do something. It's what you're best at. So let's take advantage of that. And I think that's ultimately where I am right now with Mitchell Trubisky. And like I've told you before, if I'm the Bears, I'm starting Nick Foles to start the season because I think Trubisky's yeah. in a no-win situation. Yeah, I, I think most people make that same assumption. I think in this case, the assumption will be correct. I was looking at this part of your list last night and this morning with Dwayne Haskins at 39 and Trubisky at 38, two young quarterbacks, two first-round quarterbacks who right now, and it could change, you have the arrow pointing down at least a little bit. Any correlation in the way you evaluate these guys and what they've done in their first part of their career with the fact that they were both only one-year starters in college? Well, I think, you know, that there is something to that. You know, the lack of playing time, that can affect, you know, your ability to gain confidence, to throw the ball off of different platforms or, you know, experiment with different throws on different routes to – Again, grow your portfolio as a thrower, as a quarterback. You know, I think those are all things that, you know, certainly, you're right. And there's great similarities there. You know, Trubisky and Dwayne Haskins came in with, oh, we see all the tools that can make these guys special and good, but can you put it all together in the NFL for the NFL game, which is a lot different than college, as you know, and then become something there? And, no, I, you know, again, I think it's, to me – it, these two guys will be examples, one, and to be like, ooh, I'm a little trepidation on one-year starters in college football. Yeah. You know, there's just too many guys playing too much football right now. And 
Uh, they lack the experience that some other guys in the league have, even young guys who got to play a ton in college and were in right. seven on seven and everything. So that's just a thought, but that's a really good question, Paul. I, th I think that one thing that you miss when, I mean, hey, and more power to you. If you're talented enough to get drafted on one year playing in college, great. But what those kids miss is that extra layer of super thick confidence that you get when you do it for a season, you're allowed to exhale and, okay, I don't have to, to film study this week. I can get away from it and really think about my game. Like, look at Joe Burrow. Look at what right. he was able to do with one-year experience, a few months of not starting a game and just coming back and being like, damn, I'm good at this. I had a little time away, and you better watch out now because I've got the experience and the confidence. And neither one of those guys were, were allowed to get that. No, no. I, I think it's a very real point, and you're right. I mean, you go on to the – Okay, college football, and then okay, that was a good year. You catch your breath, and all of a sudden, you got to play a whole new game in the NFL, and the yeah. world changes. And you know what you're asked to asked to do, as compared to college football or North Carolina, is of course a whole lot different. And then you know, to your confidence thing too, Paul. You know, again, the Bears put him in a shitty position in year one. I've said this a lot, and I can't remember if I said it to you, but I know I've said this a lot lately because it's come up in talking points. But year one. You know, the other thing we can bring into comparisons with Dwayne Haskin and Mr. Trubisky is year one, they didn't have help around them, right? right? And that hurts your development. We see the smart teams, oh, we drafted a quarterback high? Well, the one thing we're going to do is support him to make sure he looks good so we right. don't get fired and everybody ridicules us for drafting a quarterback high that didn't work out. So there is that issue. And then, yes, to your point, if you don't have that confidence built in college and all of those things, then you're Mitchell Trubisky. You go to Chicago. They don't have a good offense the year, in year one. And I, honestly, I like the scheme of the offense, but they had no personnel. And they had to start Tariq Cohen at the end of the year as one of their two receivers on the field. That's how lackluster their wide receiving core was. So, damn, like, oh, yeah, okay, great, Mitchell Trubisky. Here's the launching point to your career is a 5'6 receiver who's never played receiver and he's a running back, he's going to be your number one target this week. You know, that's crappy by the Bears and setting, up, setting him up for success as well. Kendall Wright was his top receiver last year. So that's, I mean, that, that gives you an idea. Gives you there an you idea go. of what right. he's dealing with. Yeah. Mitchell. Right. And Mitchell two years ago, real, you meant by saying that. A couple years ago, okay. Um, yeah, right. Since past year, we had Josh Bellamy was second. He only had 376 yards. That's, uh, that's not a whole lot for the – Two, two portion of your one-two punch. Mitch is right. not, a real, not, not a real popular name, Chris, as I'm sure you know. So we're going to run through here. I'm going to give you some options for your favorite Mitch, all right, outside of Mitchell Trubisky. Okay. There's, no wrong, there's, no, there, there's no wrong answer here. It, it's whatever you think. Mitch Richmond, Hall of Fame basketball player, real nice career at K-State. That's your first option. Number two, Mitch Wild Thing Williams. Nice reliever for the Phillies. The Had a bad moment in the World Series. Oh, yeah, the Phillies. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Real good career, though. Mitch, the godfather Martin from old school. I know he's fictional, but he's a fantastic <laughs> Mitch. You might want to go with him. I and, love him. <laughs> and Mitch McConnell, the Senate majority leader, Chris, is also an option for you. Yeah, well, I can just tell you right now, he won't be one of them, okay? All right? I don't, okay, so I don't. we're dealing with three options then. We're dealing with three options. Now, Mitch from Old School is a really good one. I really like that. It's one of my favorite movies, and I know it's one of your favorites, too. Yeah. I think I got to go Mitch Richmond, though. I think Hall just, of Famer. You know, Hall of Famer growing up, and it was 
you know, what do they call that out there in Golden State? Run DMC, right? That was, Run TMC. Run, Run TMC. TMC. Tim was. Hardaway and Chris Mullen, yeah. Man, that was – great. Yeah, when I was young, that was really cool. And just getting into basketball, and I just remember watching them like, man, they're fun to watch, and look at these guys shoot. Uh, and really – probably one of the more underrated players of like my youth too, Mitch Richmond. So I'll go with him. Yeah. I like that. It's a good one. Mitch Martin, though, so earnest in the, the early onset of the midlife crisis and turning his house over to the frat. I mean, that's, it's not hall of fame level, but it's close. So it's really amazing. It is. Yeah. I mean, you know, yes. When Mitch comes home and sees that his girlfriend is, you know, involved in some extracurricular activities, he had to make some moves. So that's what he had to do. <laughs> one minute you think you're on the early flight home from san diego and the next yeah yeah okay <laughs> we are we are three quarterbacks in Tua at 40 Dwayne haskins was 39 mitchell trubisky at 38 at 37 what do we see uh, well we're gonna go back to the rookie list here justin herbert yes the number six pick on the los angeles chargers and of course out of oregon and again i know oh he played in college how do you know he's better than this guy? I get it. I understand. But Justin Herbert's played a lot of college football at a really high level. Four-year starter. Yep. Right. Four-year yeah. starter. A lot of reps. And a non-quarterback friendly offense, too, I'd like to say, where he really got a lot done and made a lot of plays. And you know I'm into that. Again, when there's nothing there to be had, a really awesome quarterback makes, their, makes sure there's something there to be had. And he can do that. But – you know, also, you know, again, for the guys that he's in front of, yeah, you know, I think he's going to be every bit as good as the decision maker Mitchell Trubisky is. I know he's a better thrower than Mitchell Trubisky right now. I don't have to see that. This guy's smart. He had the highest wonder lick out of all the quarterbacks in the draft this past year. So this is no idiot, you know, and I just look at him and you know my thoughts on him. I mean, I think he has superstar capabilities. And again, I mean, you know, I just think you, you put him in the Bears offense, I think they'd have better results than they would with Mitchell Trubisky. I'm sorry. I don't mean to say that, but I'm very bullish on Justin Herbert. You know, I think he has big-time talent. I really do. I wouldn't be shocked if we're sitting here next year or two years from now and he's in the top ten. That's what kind of guy I think wow. he is. Yeah. yeah. You know, between the size, the speed, you know, of all his college film, I know there was one game, Arizona State, that's all everybody talks about. Yeah, it wasn't perfect, but he can throw a different variety of throws. And, yeah, could he get better at showing the variety? I, sure. Yeah, I get that. But, you know, sometimes when you got a great fastball, you throw the fastball a lot. Right. That's the way right. it goes. You know, I, I wanted Harvard. to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Right for, yeah. Speaking of fastball, I wanted yeah. to do this with you during the draft, but it never came up. We never had time. We actually didn't talk the quarterback evaluation that much. So I'm coming back to this. It's a note I had from March. I want you to compare him to Josh Allen at this point because you and I weren't working together when Josh came out, I don't think. But I know that you love him for the same reason as a prospect you like Justin Herbert, the most physical upside, the best passer of the ball, the best attributes of any quarterback in that class. So compare Herbert to Allen at this stage of their careers, and what do you see? Yeah, well, you know, and, you know, so I, you know, passer, thrower, right? Like Joe Burrow's a better passer than Justin Herbert. But Herbert's a better thrower than Joe Burrow, if that makes sense. Because yeah. I mean that is like Herbert can just pick it up and just throw lasers. Now, passing to me is more of like, you know, 
uh, Joe Montana, Drew Brees, right? They're great passers. They can make any throw. It might not wow you, but they got great feel and put in touch on a crossing route or, you know, throwing a shallow cross just the right way and putting it in front of the guy's numbers to where he can run and never, and never lose a stride and just go that way. So, you know, between – you asked between who? Justin Herbert and who was the other one you asked? Josh Allen, just as Josh prospects. Sure. When Josh was at this point, Chris, when Josh was in between Wyoming and Buffalo, compared right. to what you see from Herbert right now. I think that Josh probably had more high-end talent, okay? And maybe – and, of course, had a stronger arm, but not by much. I think really all, all encompassing thrower, passer, everything involved there. I think Justin Herbert actually has the advantage on Josh Allen that way. Not going to say, you know, Josh Allen has a 104-mile-per-hour fastball. I think Justin Herbert is probably 102, right? It's not, quite in the, it's not quite in the same class, but not far off. And I mm -hmm. think as compared to when he came out, I think Justin Herbert actually plays the position more true to form than Josh Allen did coming out. What do you out. mean? Well, Josh Allen was on a team that was not good his last year there. They had no talent. And some of his play could really be backyard, like, whoa, I don't know what the hell he's doing. Whoa, that's a disaster. And then the next play you go, whoa, I don't know what the hell he's doing. Whoa, that was amazing. Well, I mean, there was a lot of that. And Justin Herbert's more consistent in his play overall, where you sit there and you go, man, what a throw wow, way to stay in the pocket with people around you and make that throw. Whoa, the Red Sea parted. Look at him run and go. You know, played the position more true to what we know as a quarterback. And I think he's less raw than Josh Allen. You know, not a great offense around him either. And I think that led to some people questioning what he is. And, and again, you know me, I argue against that all the time. Too many times we're evaluating quarterbacks for the team they're on and the talent around them, and we're putting it all on the quarterback. And I made that mistake with Dak Prescott coming out of Mississippi State. You know, I kept going, damn, I like this kid. He's big. He's strong. He's got a good arm. Oh, the results, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, well, the results weren't good because he was at Mississippi State, and they were the worst team on the field more times than not in the SEC. So it's hard. Drew Locke last year coming out of Missouri, same thing. But I learned from that. And I said, you know what? Drew Locke's really awesome. He's going to be my number two quarterback. I think he's a baller. You know, so I tried to learn from it that way. Uh, but I think Justin Herbert has a really high ceiling. And – I also think he has a high floor. I don't think there's much bus factor here for this guy at all. And I think that's where he has maybe an advantage over Josh Allen. I saw a little bus factor with Josh Allen uh, and saw an incredibly high ceiling. And I think we're seeing he's going towards the high ceiling more than the bus factor. Yeah, Herbert has a, a world more experienced starting games in college than Josh did coming out of Wyoming. Also a much better history of taking care of the football. It's one of the many Definitely. things that Herbert did well at Oregon. Who starts more games for the Chargers next year? Justin Herbert? Or Tyrod Taylor? Oh, that's a good one. You know, I know Anthony Lynn has the greatest respect for Tyrod Taylor. I do think they want to play a style of football where they want to run, play defense, and take a few shots down the field here and there. So, like, this is a tough one. I do think Justin Herbert is, is, is clearly more talented than Tyrod Taylor. And – you know, is capable of playing the position as good as Tyrod Taylor, but I don't know that yet. And I've seen Tyrod Taylor play. You know, Tyrod Taylor, he's not going to lose you games. He knows how to manage offense and do the right thing with the ball and take care of the ball that way. 
I think I'm going to go with Tyrod Taylor. It's really close, but I just have a feeling that the Chargers are going to be good. And if they go with Tyrod Taylor to start the year, you know, I, I think they're going to be competitive to where I don't know if they'll ever have that chance to kind of pull the trigger and pull Justin Herbert out of there. I, I could really see it going either way, but I guess right now, if you're putting the gun to my head, I'm going with Tyrod Taylor. Maybe in this case, a tie goes to which player? In the Herbert versus Taylor. Maybe to the alliteration. Ty, to the Tyrod Taylor. Look at you. Oh, you're talking about – yes, you're talking about Tyrod Taylor, right? Yeah. For sure. Okay. Yeah. Good, right. Absolutely, yeah. That was the one. I like that. There's another okay. one. But, yeah, that, it's going to be an interesting one because, listen, also I could very easily, you know, hey – if Tyrod Taylor gets off to a start like we saw Eli Manning get off to with the Giants last year, and all of a sudden the Chargers are 0-2, then I think we see Justin Herbert. But I just – I don't know. I look at that Chargers team and think there's a lot of talent. Right. Um, but they – you know, that's a good question. I'll be very interested to see. If I'm them, I'm just telling you I'd rather go with Justin Herbert and just go. Right. You, you can right. play that style of football that we just talked about with Tyrod Taylor and do that with Justin Herbert. You said it. He's capable of taking care of the ball. You run the football, you play defense, you play action passes where you just go, hey, read this guy, and you throw to one to two and make it just that. You know, I think Justin Herbert's smart enough and clearly talented enough to make that happen, but he's going to have to prove, them, prove that to them during training camp. Who starts more games this fall, Herbert or Tua? I think, I think if you, yeah, right now I sit here and go Tua. You know, I, I, I do. I just think with – they're different scenarios. Brian Flores is still very early on in his tenure there in Miami, and he can afford uh, another lackluster, not big-time winning type year more than Anthony Lynn and company, where I think, you know, they need to win some games here to, to shut some people up. Okay. Finally, on Justin Herbert, I look back at some other Oregon quarterbacks in the NFL, Chris. He is going to have a career more like which former Duck quarterback? We got four options. Okay, Dan Fouts, Hall of Famer. That's your first pick. Two, Chris Miller, 1987 first-round pick. Had a nice career. Played a little over a decade. Had some real good seasons with the Falcons. Third pick is Marcus Mariota. Okay, five years in, he's a C. He could go either way. He could move up into that B.A. range. Right. He could fall down in the bust range as well. Kind of jury's still out. And four is A.J. Feely. Flashed with the talent, had a little window of opportunity, and kind of went away. Damn, so which one know, is it? That's pretty good. And you're not, you know, and we're not going to say he's going to be Joey Harrington. He'll be better than I did, that, right? I, I, I saw the name. I didn't want to bring that up, no. <laughs> but didn't that's a pretty there. good damn quarterback history. You don't really realize that school has that. Yeah. Hey, Paul. Uh, you know me, man. I like this kid. Uh, I think it, you know, I, I just think he's more talented than a Chris Miller, who I have a lot of respect for. And you're right, had a yeah. very under the radar, really good yeah. career. But, you know, I don't want to sit here and go Dan Bouts, uh, even though he didn't he's getting drafted by the Chargers, which is kind of cool. Right. Yeah. But I, if you ask me, I think it'll be more close to Dan Bouts than anything. I, I, that's awesome pick, man. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, Justin Herbert. You see the talent. You watched him. So that jumps off the screen. We saw him at the combine. It kind of jumped off the screen. We saw him at the senior bowl. And within two days at the senior bowl, everybody was raving about Justin Herbert. Man, he yeah. can throw the ball good. Wow, he's really stood out at practice. So 
I think that speaks to what kind of talent this kid has. And I think he's got the right head on his shoulders too, you know, just being around him. Not a rah-rah guy, but loves football. He's going to be there ready to work every day. And I don't think he's going to make any excuses. He'll shoulder the load or the blame or whatever it needs to be as the, the franchise quarterback. Chris, uh, I applaud your ballsy pick there because the easy way out would have been Chris Miller because Chris Miller had a good career. And if you pick him, you're saying, yeah, I like him. He's going to do well in the NFL for over a decade. But going with the Hall of Famer, man, that's, that's, uh, that, that's bold. I like it a lot. So Thanks a lot. Hopefully he shows up here these, these first couple of seasons. We, we have one left. We've gone from Tua to Dwayne Haskins to Trubisky to Herbert. And now at number 36, this is going to be a fun one. I see the name. I'll let yeah. you reveal it. Yeah. And Taysom Hill, quarterback, New Orleans Saints. And, hey, yeah, I mean, you're right. This is a fun one. Okay. And Taysom Hill, I know a lot of people out there are going to sit there and go, he's never thrown a touchdown as an NFL quarterback. I understand. I get it. He's also been, you know, coached by Sean Payton the last few years. I've seen a progression of every year in the preseason and the season. Excuse me here. I'm burping. (laughs) I've seen a progression every year, though, preseason and the season when he does make throws of a guy that I go, whoa. Every year I've gone, whoa. And I remember last year, you know, and I think they're one of their first preseason games was like the Chargers out in L.A., and he got a lot of reps. And I just remember going, oh, man, Taysom Hill's the future for the New Orleans Saints because he's got big-time talent. I mean, he's got a huge arm. He can throw missiles all over the field, and he can throw it deep with great ease, and he's got great control and accuracy. And he's learned how to go through reads and play within the pocket and do all that let alone he's got a skill set that's special and that you're going to be able to do some different things with a guy like Taysom Hill that, you know, you can't do with a lot of other quarterbacks. Hold on, hold on. So it sounds to me just – and I I know you've got a ways to go with talking about it, but I just want to jump in there because you're not describing just a fun weapon to bring in for seven or eight plays a game. With his arm and the way you say he's going through reads, it sounds to me like you're describing someone who you want to see come in and drive the car if Drew gets hurt again for three, four, five weeks? Well, I, I certainly wouldn't be opposed to it. I would not. Now, the, Would the, you the, pick the, him the, over the thing, Winston? It, this is this – is, I was going there. This is where the decision has to be made, you know. And, yeah, Jameis Winston has more experience. We know that, all of that. To me, what's the, the big thing is, you know, does Sean Payton still want to have Taysom Hill – the runner available and do all those things. Like if you make Taysom Hill, okay, he's going to be the starter. You might be a little more careful about the design quarterback runs and things like that, where, you know, if you make Jameis Winston the starter now, okay, we can bring Taysom Hill in on the package every now and then to run a few plays because we're not expecting him to like start and play the rest of the game. If he did get banged up and hurt his shoulder that way. I think there's tremendous high end talent with Taysom Hill. Like, He is superstar ability. There's a reason you hear Sean Payton say Steve Young and things like that. I mean, it's special that way. And, of course, he's been learning under Drew Brees and Sean Payton a lot of ways. Really, the only thing we need to see is we just need to see it. We need to see more of it. Can he do it consistently? That's really the big question. You know, if I saw 100 more reps, he'd he'd probably be way up the list from where he is. 
But right now, he is a little bit of an unknown commodity that way. And I'm not going to disrespect some of the people that are in front of him and played the, play the position more and experience it and just say, oh, he's better than them. Yeah, there's going to be some guys that are in front of him that he clearly has more talent than. But I think their experience and, not, and their know of how to play the game and the position will outweigh the fact that he's more talented than them, at least right now at this very time here in 2020. As fans, or we, we want to be educated fans. We want to see the entire body of work. But, hey, we all remember most of what we saw last. And in that last playoff game they played, he had success running the ball. He had success throwing it. And he has also had success as a receiver. So if he continues down this path at least one more year, not as the main backup, but as someone who's going to have a package and have a set of plays, would you rather see him throw more, run more, or more as a receiver? Which one of those three would you use him more often as? Yeah, I, I want to see him throw more. You know, I, I do. I, I think that's the thing. You know, and again, not that you can't do all those other things, but I think we're seeing a guy that's gotten more and more comfortable throwing the football within the pocket. And, you know, the big thing is Drew Brees, not a real strong arm, so he can't push the ball down the field. That's usually when they bring Taysom Hill in, when they want to make those type of plays. So I feel like teams – this year are going to be looking for, oh, Taysom Hill's in. They're going to throw a bomb or they're going to pull two guards to the right and he's going to run behind them and try to run for a first down. Where, you know, I'd love to see Sean Payton throw some curveballs and all of a sudden Taysom Hill throws a 16-yard in cut or a 10-yard out route. So you can't really peg him to, ooh, what's the offense going to be when he's like that way? So, yeah, I want to see him throw. You know me. I'm like you. I'm a damn quarterback. You know, I know he can run. I know he can catch. I want to see if he can make consistent right decisions, the right throws, you know, play after player, at least a lot more than what we've seen to this point. And I also think that's the one way that they can keep this thing going. They can keep it successful because remember the Wildcat? I mean, the Wildcat yes. kind of came and went because at some point they're like, you know what? This guy's not going to throw the ball. He's only going to run it. They're limited right now. Right. So unless they use him more as a passer with as wonderful a runner as Taysom Hill is, I don't see continued success with this package unless they let him throw more often. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, you know, again, I, I think, you know, between the Saints being really good the last two years, people studying what they do, you know, especially division opponents, they've seen what Taysom Hill does. And to your point, he usually runs the ball. If he doesn't run the ball, it's a deep pass. So you can kind of peg it to one of those two things to where, you know, I'm with you. Let alone, you know, again – I think all signs are pointing in the direction of he's the future of the Saints. There's nothing to believe, make us believe right now. Taysom Hill is on his way to being the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints in 2021, unless something unforeseen happens. I mean, Drew Brees has signed a deal with NBC, and he's going to be doing Notre Dame games in 2021. So the writing's on the wall for him. He knows. And between, you know, what Sean Payton says about Taysom Hill publicly – and what we hear Sean Payton says about him behind the scenes and what we know that way, yeah, everything points to him being that guy. And I think if you want him to be that guy in 2021, yeah, he's special. But I certainly, even if I'm Sean Payton, would want to get him a few more reps throwing the football so I feel really, really comfortable when that time does come around. And I'd like to see those reps in real parts of the game. And I'm wondering, yeah, what's, what's your trust level? And I, I think I know where you're going here, but your trust level in a handful of second down and eight situations, you put him in not hey throw it here there you let him play quarterback you've got five guys out in the route and say you pick the one you like and you throw it where you think it should go 
I, my, my trust level is high. It is. I mean, just from everything I've seen, whether it's the games or preseason, whatever it may be, you know, I, I, I've seen enough to go, the guy knows how to manipulate the, the pocket. He knows what he's looking at down the field as far as going to the first and second read. I saw that enough when I went back and watched him to go, you know, again, he wasn't running all the Drew Brees plays like you're talking about, but I saw enough to go, oh, he went from the deep post to the crosser, to the in cut, and realized, okay, that was my third read. That's where I should go. And he did it in a timely fashion and looked like a quarterback. So I really do. And, of course, you know, hey, we can't – the fact of the matter is he's being coached by Sean Payton. And anybody who comes in after Drew Brees, you go through it. If Drew Brees has been hurt or not been able to play, go back and look, anybody out there. They've come in and all played well. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater went 5-0. and John, Luke McCown – when he was the backup to Brees, he came in and had a bunch of three or a few 300-yard games and touchdowns and things like that. So, uh, you know, I, I just think he's been taught well and understands the position and really refined himself, let alone we know he has special, special talent. Thinking of special, would you keep playing him on special teams? No, this would probably be well, – I would probably play him on punt team and that was it. Because wow. he's a great weapon on punt team. I wouldn't want him to do anything else. But the fact that they keep him back there as that little uh, – what the hell is he called back there? I'm forgetting what that's called on the punt team. The guy that sits in front of the punter. The up back. The, the up back. That's what I was looking for. Exactly right. The, that's a true – I mean, the Saints are dangerous because he's the up back. If it's fourth and five or less, you, you got to worry about him smashing it up the middle for six yards or him keeping it around the edge for a run, or him making a throw. So that would be the only special teams I would keep him on there because it truly gives the Saints a great advantage. Ex-Packer. It's hard to believe he was with the Packers for a while. Not very long ago, back in 2017. Got me thinking, Chris, about ex-Packer backups. Which ex-Packer backups football career would you rather have? Okay, your first pick is Mark Brunel. Awesome starter. Man, he was really, really good. And a, a long time. Yeah. And a lefty. There you go. He, he, might, he might be the ideal leader. Or Doug Peterson. Decent career as a journeyman backup. Stuck around for more than a decade. But has the Super Bowl ring as a head coach. Which wow. one do you want? Yeah, that's a good one. Because you're right. When I first thought about it, I was like, oh, it's not even close. I want to be Mark Brunel. But the coaching Super Bowl ring – that, that, there's something to be said. I guess I'm going to go to Doug Peterson because of that. I think I would rather do that. As much as I want to be a player and had a great career and do all those things, you know, Brunel's career wasn't 17 great seasons. enough. Yeah, it yeah. was really good. It just wasn't great enough, I think, for me to overcome Doug Peterson's career plus the success he's having as a head coach and an epic Super Bowl win. I right? mean, come on. Yeah. Right? And the first then, one in Philly, yeah. Yeah, right. And Nick Foles beats Tom Brady. Like, come on. I mean, none of us thought that was going to happen. And Philly, Philly, and all the gutsy calls he made during that game. I mean, that's, that's, he's, he's in legendary status in Philadelphia. Oh, man. I thought you were going to go with the lefty Brunel, and I was going to come after you a bit with the whole Super Bowl thing, but you, you didn't take the bait. So, all right. All a warm up, though. It's all a warm up for quarterback Jeopardy, which is coming up. So, nice job. Way to start your uh, top 40 countdown with those Thank five. You. Tua Tungavailoa at 40, Dwayne Haskins 39, Mitch Trubisky 38, Justin Herbert 37, and Taysom Hill at 36. All right, part two. 
Part two of Unbutton here is quarterback Jeopardy. It's the third time and the first time we've gotten away from the Sims family. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Okay. The theme here is young quarterbacks, and specifically, it's quarterbacks from the class of 2018 and 2019. Can you think of all these guys? So it's the, the Murray Jones lock class of 2019. Gotcha. Right. Okay. 2018, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen. Lamar Jackson, those guys. So it's gotcha. those two classes. And if if Stidham, if Jared Stidham starts for the Patriots this year, Chris, 10 of the 32 starting quarterbacks, 10 of 32 will be from these two classes. So thank you for making my point and why rookie quarterbacks that haven't played there you go. are in my top 40. Yeah. So again, this is where it's, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, we're just every year we're seeing four and five legit like legit talented NFL starting caliber type quarterbacks coming to the league. I mean, it's, it's really fascinating. I, I sit here and when I did my list, I just went, I don't know if there's ever been more talent at the quarterback position than there is right now in the history of the NFL. I mean, I got some guys in the twenties and you know, we'll get to it, but I got some guys in the twenties where I go, this guy's a baller. This guy's like, he's got a chance to be a superstar and I'm putting him in the twenties right now. I mean, that just tells you how special there is or how many good quarterbacks are out there right now. Who's the idiot that asked you why Tua Tungavailoa, as a rookie who hasn't played yet, should be in the <laughs> – who asked you that? <laughs> I don't know. Some, some old guy who's not good with technology sitting in front of a fireplace. <laughs> be careful, man. You almost got a four in front of your age, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. It happens in a hurry. Okay, here we go for 100. And you know 100 is pretty easy. It's a little layup for you, all right? It's an alley-oop you can dunk in. There is one quarterback from those two classes where if you add together his interceptions and his team's losses in the month of November last season, and that number is zero. Who's your quarterback? Wow. Okay, so his interceptions and losses. And team losses. Zero, zero in the month of November. November this past season. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. I'm just, I'm, this is not my answer yet. I'm just talking this out. Yeah. Talk us through it. Yeah. Ooh. So right away, my mind went to, I know Josh Allen went through a part where he did not throw any interceptions during the year for a long stretch, but I'm not sure if they went undefeated in November. The other one I'm thinking about is Sam Darnold. Because he went through a stretch that was really impressive in November, too, where they got kind of hot towards the end of the year. So let me just think about this. Ooh, this is not a layup, first off. I mean, this is not a layup. <laughs> this is tough. I'm, I'm going to go – I think I'm going to go with Sam Darnold. <laughs> where's, where's the buzzer? Where is the buzzer? <clears throat> Lamar Jackson. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, he's mad at himself. He threw a pick on the first drive. He's got to come back and still play well. Gosh. Yeah. It was just too obvious. I don't even know what the hell right? I was thinking. Yeah. Total yeah. choke. You're right. That was a layup. It was a layup. I, Everybody I misses corrected. layups. Everybody misses layups. It's all right. All right. Damn. Here we go. 200. 200. It's going to be easy to get back on the board here or on the board at all. One of the quarterbacks from those two classes has started every game of his career. Which one? 
okay. Well, that's so one of those only had to start the whole year last year. That's that's uh, it wasn't it's not there two you years. Go. So okay. so Good Ky- Kyler, Kyler Murray would be that guy. There you go. You came back and fired the incompletion on third and nine. You're on the board. Thank you. Thank you. Two hundred points. That. And had some nice numbers too, by the way. It kind of went under the radar because the Cardinals didn't matter a whole lot. But man, that was not a bad season he had at all. Not at all. And you know, I, I hear this too sometimes where people go, "Well, well, you know, Daniel Jones and and Gardner Minshew had better rookie stats than Kyler." You know, okay, yes, to a degree, but they weren't put in a spot where, like, from day one, it was like. Kyler, we don't have a run game. We're just going to put you back, and you, you got to carry it. the team to throw the ball. Yeah. I mean, they asked a lot of a young kid right off the bat. So that's the context of the situation, and that there is something to that context. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that is, that's impressive. He's, he's going superstar this year. All right, 200 points for young Chris Sims brings us to the 300-point question. Which quarterback had four games last season where he threw for over 300 yards and no picks? Oh, four four different times. Yeah, over 300 and no interceptions. Damn. So I don't think that is – I don't think that's Patrick Mahomes as obvious as you want to say that. Hold on. He's not in this class, though, Chris. He's not in this. I'm wrong. I'm I'm three years down the road. I'm I'm wrong. Okay, okay. Hold on. Hold on. I got to think about this. It's not Baker Mayfield. It's not Sam Darnold, I don't think. Hold on. It might be Sam Darnold. Um. Ooh, Lamar Jackson, four times you said? Four times over 300 and no picks. Hmm. And, and this all is right. all last season. This isn't in the career. This is last season to happen. Yep. It's not. Oh, ooh. Daniel Jones? There you go. Look at you. Man, You're on that fire. was a tough one. That was a tough one. You killed me the first uh, first two weeks, man. I I had to to ramp it up just a little bit. Okay, it's good. That's I'm, I'm I, I mean, yeah, that's that tells you how damn good he is. I mean, again, yeah, yeah, he's big time arm, good athlete. Just gotta like correct fumbling a little bit. Yeah, you know, they got they got a Saquon Barkley. They improved their offensive line, and yeah, he had some stretches there last year where you went. Holy crap, this kid's special. So yeah. I'm excited about Daniel Jones. I almost tried to work this one in, but I didn't because we only had five. But there was one quarterback besides Lamar Jackson last year that averaged over six yards per carry in this class, and it was Daniel Jones. It's, it's, he's sneaky. He's one of the things, you know, for my top 40, when I went back and watched things as far as – you know, players, games, cut-ups, things like that, where I wrote down for him, needs to run more. You know, he had some good runs, but he's so worried about making the great throw and making the pinpoint decision and all that. There were times where I wanted to be like, hey, big guy, I just saw you rip off a 20-yard run. Go do it again. You know, and hopefully he'll have a better feel for that this year. All right, three questions in. You've got 500 out of a possible 600. Strong start. The 400-point question, name the only quarterback who, as a rookie, threw for over 3,000 yards and had a touchdown-interception ratio of better than 3-1. to one. The only rookie, 3,000 yards, 3-1 to one out of this group right here. Okay. Um, I think that's got to be Baker Mayfield. 
Incorrect. It's Gardner Minshew. Oh, wow. Damn. I didn't think, I, I didn't think, I, I didn't realize I, he went three to one on the touchdown, but he threw 21 I touchdowns and six interceptions, right? Yeah. 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 I had no yeah, idea. I, I had to double check that. I, I hear you. Hey, listen, you know, he's, he, he proved himself to be getting the opportunity to be a starting quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, he can make plays. So what I like about Gardner Minshew, you know, again, you and I talk about this a lot. He's one of those guys that there's nothing there to be had. He can make something happen. And I, I put a lot on him there. He's got a great charisma. I mean, there's a lot he brings to a football team right now. So I understand Jacksonville wanted to ride or die with Gardner Minshew. Was your answer Baker Mayfield? Is that what you said? It was. Okay. I just got to bring this up because I had this written down too. It doesn't show up in an answer anywhere, but month of November last year, he was eight touchdowns to one pick. So he does get streaky that way. And they only lost, I think they only lost one game in November also. So uh, I could understand how your mind would go there because he's had some runs. He's had some runs like that. Yeah, he has. You've got 500 points. You've got the 500 point question left. For 500, and this has everything to do with quarterback rating, Chris. So for QB rating, what number is greater? Josh Allen's improvement from year one to two or Baker Mayfield's decline from year one to two? So the difference in those numbers, one went up and one went down, that number, which one is bigger? I, I, I want to say that I think it's Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield's decline? Yeah. It's close. Baker Mayfield's decline was fifth, was 14.9, and Josh Allen's improvement was 17.4. Damn, it was that much. Yeah, I just wasn't sure where Josh Allen was that rookie year. I couldn't quite bring it up in my brain. And I he made a nice step in. up, yeah. He did. He made a great step up. And I just thought, man, Baker had such a great rookie year. And, of course, right. you know, fell off a little last year to where I thought that would be it. So, let's see. Baker last year, 78.8 quarterback rating. Damn, that's not good. His, that so, is, his, his December, Chris, because I pointed out his, his November was really good. And right. then in December, it was just a lot of picks and a lot of losses. So, I mean – how much had to do with the team and how much had to do with, with, with his own play and decision-making to go back and take a, a closer look. But December killed him last year. Yeah, it, well, there was just too many erratic moments by Baker Mayfield altogether last year. But those, that was a really good question. I really – I like that. Like, it was hard, but good. <laughs> like, good hard. That's the right amount of hard. All those questions, I think, were the right amount of hard. You didn't give me any layups. You gave me some ones that I should have known that I got wrong. Like, I should have known Lamar Jackson. That was stupid. Full Tropic Thunder moment by Chris Sims right there. Uh, but I, I really – I like this game. And I like the infusion of it during the uh, the rest of yeah. the podcast, too. Well done. Yes, that was fun. That that was a suggestion of, of Matt Casey and Pete DeLamalamalitis as well. DeLamalamalitis. We're getting some some good creative idea tips from behind the scenes. So – that's the man. Uh, and like more importantly, what is that picture over your right shoulder? What stadium are you in there with the blue seating there? I see you there. Let's see where uh, over my, my other right. Did you your mean other right? right. Yes. Thank you. There's that Iowa education. <laughs> oh, that's uh, so that's in San Jose last year. That's in the Premier Lacrosse League game. Gotcha. And we were on vacation. Whoops, in LA, and my sons came up, and they came up on the field with me, and uh, there they are. 
So That's that was, cool. yeah, that was fun. Fun to have the kids down there. Always. I got to see one of the kids today because dad's not good with technology. So one of the kids had to come down, <laughs> which is always good. I had fun, but cute kid, man. Uh, good show, Paul. You the man, dude. That Everything was fun, Chris. Good? Yeah. Everything's great, aside from my kid desperately needing that haircut. Did you see that? That was uh, uh, that's okay. It's that part was, for the course now. That's exactly right. It is. Anyway, you know, I don't know if you trust your bar. I've obviously cut my hair. I have a yeah. You've been doing that, group. huh? I have a trusting relationship with my guy, and yeah, I've started to break down little barriers and take baby steps in this COVID nineteen thing. And Do you go there? Do you go there? Or does he come to the house? He came to the house. I got him to come to the house, and you know, he did the kids and everything. And uh, so, yeah, you know, again, calculated risks. Nothing is for sure. I know that, but trying to trying to move along with life and and society in the right direction here in this weird times. How big was the tip? What percentage? Of the total bill, did you tip him? Um, I'm a big tipper. I, you know, my motto, I learned this from my dad, is don't tip, over tip, okay? And uh, what I did more than anything is I let my wife do the tipping, which is going to be even bigger than what I would tip. I know her. She throws around money and just makes it rain. So uh, I'm sure he got a very, very handsome tip. <laughs> there you go. Hey, nice job with the list. It's a fun way to spend time. In May and June, we'll do it throughout the rest of the summer leading up to training camp. And you've been a great sport with the quarterback, Jeopardy. Uh, you don't gloat too much when you get him right. You don't get too pissed when you get him wrong. So keep that attitude. I will. I definitely will. I enjoy it. Keep doing it. You the man, Paul. And we got another podcast coming on Thursday. Chris Sims up, bud. We'll be unveiling more of my top 40 quarterback rankings. And my dad should be here. Big Phil, big fucker should be here on Thursday. You know, we ha he had another grandchild last week, so he didn't oh, come he did. Thursday. So okay. now he's got five grandkids. He's, he's getting old. Old man River, Phil Sims, got five grandkids. Uh, but it was uh, that's why he had a miss last week. So he had a good excuse. We'll give him the free pass. But that's it. Peace out, everybody. Everybody stay safe. Be good out there. Paulie, you the man. Always good fun you. doing the show. I'll see you, dude. Be good. Take care, man. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.